Jimmy's Table. Hey everybody, you're listening to the Jimmy's Table podcast, jimmystable.com. I'm your host, Jimmy Humphrey, where I like to have conversations about faith, life, culture, and sometimes food. Have you ever heard of a kid sitting there on the floor, banging away on his pots and pans? Well, today, we're going to talk about making some noise on episode 65 of the Jimmy's Table podcast, about making noise with our pots and pans. But before we get into our discussion, I'd like to start off today's podcast by reading one of the most famous passages of the Bible, because uh, I think it provides some interesting context. And whether you're a Christian or not, I get, and not everybody that listens to this podcast is, but whether you're a Christian or not, I think you'll find this passage great and uh, definitely worth talking about. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the famous love chapter. Uh, From the writings of the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul wrote, If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Love is patient, love is kind and is not jealous, love does not brag and is not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly, it does not seek its own, it is not provoked, it does not take into an account wrongs suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rather rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails, but if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away with. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away with. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. And when I was a child, I used to speak like a child, think like a child, and reason like a child. But when I became a man, I did away with childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part. But then I will know fully, just as also I have been fully known. But now faith, hope, and love abide these three. But the greatest of these is love. You've probably heard that passage of scripture read if you've ever been to a wedding. It's probably one of the most famous uh, type of things that they will read at a wedding when the the minister is, you know, performing the the ceremony. And it's, it's a very you know, suiting passage that gets read at weddings because, well, it speaks on love. And uh, it's, you know, very emotionally, powerfully, poetically appealing passage of scripture, uh, especially if you read it from the the old King James style. Uh, I didn't read mine from the King James today, but I chose to read it from uh, one I prefer reading New American Standard Bible. But I digress. But, you know, this this passage has been moved uh, or used by many people for many different things. Um, and you know, people have loved it so much because, well, it's a, it's a passage of the Bible that, you know, takes some time just to expound on the excellencies of love and why love is something we should prefer and why love is something that we should ultimately have because we can have all these other things. Uh, Paul talks about, we can do all these other things. He says, uh, we can prophesy, we can give our bodies to be burned. But if we don't have love, he says, then I'm no different than a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. And Paul even is so bold as to say, without love, 
I am nothing. How do you feel about that in your own lives, folks? Is, is love the motivating driver behind everything you do? Is it the essence of your being? Can you say that without love, I am nothing? I think most of us might say we like love and we love some folks. But can we say that without love, I would cease to exist as a person? Well, some of you try to get along without love plenty and, you know, maybe your personhood is in question and your existence is rather troubling. <laughs> but I think most of us uh, feel some sort of bent towards what Paul is saying here, even if we feel like maybe we're not quite living up to the ideals and virtues that he espouses in this passage of Scripture. In fact, I think so often we love the idea of love more than we actually, you know, love. Uh, maybe it's something that you might think of as a teenage girl uh, kind of experiencing. They're, they're in love with the idea of love, but <laughs> they don't know the first thing, right? Um, and sometimes I think that we often, um, especially when I see the troubles that we're going through as a nation right now, um, with everything that we've been experiencing with coronavirus and the protests and the riots and stuff like that, I start getting the idea that, you know, while love is possibly somewhere in the mix of everything that's going on, because uh, I believe we all have a little bit of love in our heart as being individuals created in the image of God, um, but I'm finding more often than not in my personal experience questioning the love not only that I would claim to have, uh, but the love that, you know, others would kind of feign as having. Um, and I'm going to assume because I'm perhaps not the, the, the biggest loving person that you've ever met in the entire world, uh, I'm going to assume a lot of people are probably on equal footing with me in that regard. Um, I, 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 I'm under the impression that for most of us, when it really gets down to it, um, we love ideas, we love causes, we love the things we want to rally behind, and we love them more often than not than people. Even when the thing that we say that we love is centered around people, even things concerning justice uh, and righting wrongs and, and seeing people taken care of um, and all of those sort of hot-button political issues uh, that we get into, whether it be immigration or what should your minimum wage be or a whole host of other matters. We often accuse people who differ with us in our, our opinions and philosophies and outtakes on things as not really being loving people. Um, <laughs> but, you know, then when I, you know, maybe might counter some people on some of those perspectives um, and they tell me how much they love people and they back that up with the resounding and oh yeah, F you um, as part of the main thrust of their argument <laughs> for disagreeing with them because I'm apparently not as loving of a person as they are. I can't help but feel that maybe just deep down inside that person that just gave me a resounding F you probably doesn't love me and uh, you know, they kind of might love the cause that they're fighting for. But I almost get the impression maybe they don't really love the people that uh, they claim they are fighting for. I don't know. Consider me a heretic. And, you know, maybe I should be 
you know, careful about judging the hearts of other people whose hearts I can't see. Uh, but I'm just speaking from my personal experience here, not only having been that person that gives a resounding F you or the equivalent thereof, uh, the Christian version, of course, um, the non-profanity uh, version. Um, but, uh, you know, having been that guy, um, you know, I can't help but wonder, you know, how much does love really motivate us? And how much does what we do just simply amount to what the Apostle Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians 13, where he talked about, you know, without love, if I don't have love, I simply become a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. Um, I become no different than a child banging pots and pans together in the kitchen floor. I'm putting on a good show. Uh, I might even be impressed by what I'm doing. No doubt as a child is impressed by what they are doing in, in that moment. Um, but do I have love? I'm starting to feel like the question of, do I have love? Is something that I would have to, if I searched my heart of hearts, a lot of times, even as a Christian, I'd have to say no. And I say that to my shame, uh, especially as, you know, a Christian supposed to follow the two greatest commandments, uh, to love God with all your heart, to love your neighbor as yourself. Um, and, and, you know, and all that basically shows us that Everything we're supposed to do is supposed to be driven by love. But of course, you might say that love is always an action um, and that, you know, whether we feel like loving somebody or not doesn't mean uh, that we're not capable of it. And I get your point. You know, I, I do things for my wife because I love my wife, and I, but I don't necessarily care to do some of the honey-do list items she might occasionally give me. Um, but I love her, so I do them, even if I kind of, you know, be like, why does she have to have me do this? You know what it's like, guys, right? <laughs> but it makes me question, do I have love? Um, and you know, the Apostle Paul here talks about, even if I were to give all my possessions to feed the poor and surrender my body to be burned, pretty dramatic thing. And we, we might sit there and think, well, how could I, you know, give all my possessions to the, floor, uh, to the poor? How could I give, you know, my body to be burned uh, unless I am motivated by nothing but pure and unadulterated love? Well, you know, one thing I've learned over the years is, uh, one thing I've noticed is that we love ourselves quite a bit. Um, and we love our own sense of self-righteousness. We love being able to pat ourselves on the back and tell us ourselves, self, I love you, and you've been a good boy or you've been a good girl today. Um, so you should feel good about what you've done. Look at the sacrifice you made. You gave all your possessions to feed the poor. You surrendered your body uh, to be burned. You made these great sacrifices. You should be impressed with yourself. <laughs> you know? Unfortunately, we might do all these things, and they may look like acts of love, but I still kind of circle back to this, this phrase the Apostle Paul talks about here in 1 Corinthians 13 about the idea of actually having love. Because we can do a lot of things in the name of love and put on a really good show and make deep, great 
personal sacrifices. Sacrifices that may even cost us our lives. But sacrifices that might be motivated by motives other than being done from love. And I think you come across this occasionally with with people, and you've seen it. People who do things, uh, even, you know, sacrificially. Um, But you just, there's just something about it that when they do it, it just doesn't sit right. And you kind of almost have to cover your eyes and your ears in order to endure it. And when I look a lot online with what's happening in the news and on social media and the arguments people make and and all that sort of stuff, you know, I, I quickly see people going from espousing, you know, how great of a lover they are of mankind and to quickly forming their little tribes, their little denominations, their little sectarian sort of spirit uh, that kind of exists among them. And then you start hearing language about, you know, from, from conservatives who want to quote-unquote own the libs or, or slender somebody as a libtard or snowflake. Um, or you might get language uh, from people on the left who, you know, call conservatives a cuck or a Nazi, or a racist, or, you know, some other word ending with the, the suffix phobe, you know? When I start people digging their, see people digging their trenches, and ratcheting up the vitriol, and ratcheting up the extremism, uh, and when they just can't stop talking about other people in such harsh negative tones, um, you know, I sit there and question, uh, even if they are on my side, you know, do you really have love? Because basically all I hear from you is a child banging their pots and pans together. Um, at the end of the day, I feel, and I'm not just saying this about you folks, <laughs> although I am talking about you, um, but I say it of myself. Without love, all of our vitriol, all of our passion, all of our speech, all of our sayings, all of our doings, without love, we're a bunch of noisy nothings. We're a bunch of noisy nothings. You know, and and I've seen this even, you know, even recently with the George Floyd thing, you know. I understand it's a complex issue. We have all sorts of racial issues in this country. We have Issues with uh, police and politicians being kind of authoritarian at times, you know. But I see some of the actions that folks take, you know, like, you know, some of the politicians deciding to, you know, stand for their photo ops of showing how against racism they are by, you know, wearing some African garments uh, and then like kneeling in the Congress or whatever. Or, you know, I see people laying on pavement for eight minutes and 46 seconds, you know, on hot pavement, allowing their bodies to be burned, (laughs) kind of like the Apostle Paul said. Um, And I I see a lot of this, and i like, well, you know, I think there's a lot of good motivation in some of this, but I still, still feel like, you know, through all of it, do we have love, as Paul talks about? Yes, we might identify people, 
as fellow image bearers, as someone created in the image of God, and will fight to the death for a cause that we believe in, for the ideals that we support, for the virtues that we want to see instilled in society. But when it comes to actually treating someone we disagree with as an actual image bearer, as actually somebody created in the image of God, as somebody due all the respect that is basically due to God as being created in his image, um, you know, we prove ourselves to love people at the end of the day a lot less than we would otherwise profess to say. And I think Jesus' teaching in the Sermon on the Mount where he said to love your enemies and to pray for those who despitefully use you. To kind of be the ultimate acid test uh, when it comes to whether or not we truly love people or if we rather instead just love the idea of people. Because anyone can love someone that they're supposed to. Anybody can love George Floyd. Anybody can love somebody that has been harmed and people groups that have been disparaged and oppressed and treated as less than. Uh, you know, anybody can love their own. People on their side of the battle, on their side of history, so to say. Even a godless pagan can love their family. <laughs> but when it comes to the type of love that Jesus spoke about, about loving our enemies and praying for those who despitefully use you, well, the, the Jerry Springer show prefers to come out of us instead. And in those moments, we prefer to take all the gloves off. We prefer to, uh, as I was recently talking about with uh, my friend John Howie, we prefer to suspend our ethics when it comes to certain arenas and certain areas of life. Um, you know, this entire love thing, when we're loving those who love us back, <laughs> we're all good with it. But when we actually have to love somebody that's a racist, or actually have to love somebody who is an oppressor, when we actually have to love our enemies and those that despitefully use us as Jesus taught us to, in reality, the Jerry Springer comes out of all of us and we quickly suspend whatever values and beliefs uh, and practices we might otherwise order our lives with. Um, and we prefer to engage our enemies as our enemies uh, and treat them as such instead of as fellow image bearers created in God's image, as individuals whom God has called us to love, even those who are enemies, who despitefully use us and make our lives living hells. We kind of fail at this enemy love stuff, folks. Um, and we suspend our ethics when it comes to them. Instead, we prefer to demonize and destroy and talk down to and belittle and ostracize and create warring tribes and camps uh, in which we feel free to hurl insult after insult and F you after F you. You know, we, we kind of create our little ethical pockets and say, I'm willing to be ethical in this arena, uh, but not that. And, you, you know, we don't just do that, you know, in these tough political issues, of course. 
We do it when we cheer on our favorite sports teams. You know? Green Bay Packers and Chicago Bears. Mmm. There's some blood there in those waters, folks. (laughs) And we gladly, you know... Rejoice over when some guy gets obliterated on the other team or when some guy has a bad day or the ref makes a call wrongly against our opposing team, you know, or we'll dog the ref when the ref flags our team and calls the penalty on us uh, when they appear to be handing the team or the game over to the other team, you know, we just get uh, or over to us, you know, depending on how we feel about it. Our emotion is going to be divided. And we, instead of simply saying, hey, you know, the ref made a good call. And although I hate the way that uh, goes for my team, uh, it was the right call at the end of the day, right? (laughs) No. Instead, we yell at the ref, ref, you're blind. Ref, you need to go get some eyeglasses. Ref, uh, this. Ref, that. You know, we might even make some disparaging comments about his mother. We, we take the, the gloves off uh, and we set them aside as we entered into this no-holds-barred sort of arena. And we do that with our favorite sports teams. We do it when we discuss politics. We do it when we are engaged on social media. We do it with our family members, the people that we're supposed to love the most. But for some reason, just find ourselves, we just like, if I just could get in a room with Uncle Johnny, I would choke him. <laughs> you know, sort of mentality. Um, because there's just something about relatives that are able to get under your skin in a way nobody else is. Um, so, I say all this in today's kind of short podcast to simply ask, do you have love? Or maybe a better question of, do you have love? Maybe a better question is, does love truly have us? And I know when I look at my own life, I have to say, you know, there's definite room for growth. And I'm learning to walk in this stuff, folks. Uh, I don't claim to be perfect or have, you know, it all, uh, you know, ironed out and smoothed over and everything perfect in my life. I know that may disappoint some of you. You might have been like, oh no, Jimmy, Jimmy, no, no. I thought you were nothing but great. (laughs) Uh, But does love have you, folks? Has love gripped you in such a way that, you know, it becomes the source of everything that you are, that you are indistinguishable from love, and that if you were to not have love, you would cease to exist? Does love truly motivate you in everything that you do? Or are you kind of being motivated by other factors? Has love gripped your heart in such a way as that you could love even the worst of your worst enemies? Even as Jesus did when Jesus was crying out on the cross, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do as they crucified him. Yeah, I don't know. I still think I have some room to grow in that. And I guess you'd, if you were to reflect on yourself, you'd probably agree that you have some room to grow in that area too. So how are you folks? What, are you, what kind of people are you going to be? Are you going to be a people who continue to love to make noise with your pots and pans like some 
silly little child who doesn't know any better? Or are you going to talk, be like the Apostle Paul talks about how when you become a man, you put away childish things? Let's put away our pots and pans, folks. Let's put away the short, cheap, jabby digs that we take at one another. Let us take away the vitriol. Let us take away the, the warring factions and the tribes of left versus right, Democrat versus Republican, uh, progressive versus conservative, or, or whatever sort of breakdown you want to get. Instead, let us have love and grip our hearts and all that we do so that it squeezes out all the other stuff so that only love remains. For at the end of the day, it's going to be love that endures all these things, all the tests and trials of times, all the comings and goings of life. And I like what, how Paul ends 1 Corinthians 13. He simply says, But now faith, hope, love abide these three. But the greatest of these is love. All that other stuff, prophecy, tongues, knowledge, you know, faith, hope, all good things. Things that we should rejoice over. But all those things will step aside one day. And the greatest thing that will endure through it all will simply be love. So everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, jimmystable.com. Email me, jimmy at jimmystable.com. Share this podcast on Facebook. Share it on Twitter. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you have not done so. You can do so through Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, you can even sign up for the email address, uh, email newsletter at jimmy at jimmy's or at jimmystable.com. Rather, you can just simply go to jimmystable.com and enter your email address. There's a newsletter that'll come out every time one of these podcasts comes up. Um, and I hope you've enjoyed this thought, and and it's something you can take away because. You know, frankly, it's something I think we need a little bit more of in all of our lives. Uh, not only our lives as individuals, but lives collectively. Because we have a lot of stuff we need to sort out, folks. We have a lot of stuff. We have some really difficult issues that our country is facing. Everything from pandemic to, to racial tensions to, you know, the upcoming political elections and all that fun stuff. So much is on our plate right now. And I feel like Things are only going to get worse in the near future. Um, but we don't have to allow our love to grow cold. We don't have to allow it to wax over uh, and become this stiff thing. Uh, instead, we need to allow it to, to be a flame that's uh, burning in our hearts. Um, and one that motivates us in all that we do. And one that causes us to second guess some of the stupid things that you and I do every single day and some of the cheap stuff that we get away with. And, uh, you know, so let me just close out again. I was closing. I'm sorry. Like, you know, like your preacher probably at your church says he's closing then goes on for another 10 minutes. I'm not going to be that guy. <laughs> so again, everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, Jimmy's table.com. Jimmy at Jimmy's table.com. This has been episode, um, four, 65. Share it it with a friend, subscribe, like, leave a review on whatever platform you may be listening to. Take care, everybody. God bless and have a good one.
Air smudge. 